Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is The Legend of Zelda Second Quest for the NES. The Legend of Zelda was released in February of 1986 as a launch title for the family computer disc system in Japan. And as many of you know, that was the, quote, floppy disk peripheral <laughs> add-on to the Famicom family computer system in Japan. Yeah, exciting stuff for the time. Yeah, and I, I, I did air quotes around uh, <laughs> floppy because it, it was not a floppy disk at all. It was a hard plastic, you know, cartridge style uh, version of a floppy disk, which I love. Oh, sure. Yeah. They they felt so high tech at the time. And the discs were proprietary to the system. Uh, they had their own size, you know, and they had a Nintendo font embossed into it that a plate would then fit into to make sure it was the correct disc to go in there. Oh, sure. Some uh, copyright protection kind of. Yeah, but it only took like a week before people figured out you could just leave that spot blank on a disc and then the, oh, the plate sure. <laughs> goes into nothing and it still accepts it. Oh, man, they would have fooled me. Yeah, um, I was always so jealous of this uh, system. The fact that you could go and copy games or rent a game and copy it, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or go to a rental area and put it on a blank one. Oh, I Kiosks. thought that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. But the reason that they went to this system was because these discs offered much, much more storage space than the cartridges of the time. Yeah, yeah, which wasn't much in the no. early days. I mean, famously, Mario Brothers 1 was Nintendo's love letter and goodbye to the cartridge. They said, this is as much as you could physically put on a cartridge, and here it is. Yeah, yeah. And what they didn't realize is that within really months to a year of the disk system coming out, memory prices would just start dropping. And extra memory chips that you could add on to an NES cart became so cheap that you didn't really need to put things on this disk system to get that high uh, high memory or that high volume of memory. Right, right. So there were some games that came out during that era that were super cool because not only did they have a larger game uh, in them, but they also had the ability to save on this system. Oh, which is, you know, the future came true. I don't know. Like, that's a big advance for playing any kind of video game, really. Yeah, and so this game, Zelda, was one of the first ones that, you know, you could save in. That was a Nintendo game. Uh, they had other ones. You know, Excite Bike had its uh, build-a-track feature that you could save on the cart, which confused countless American children. I uh, was one of them. Uh, because it came over to the United States, and that save feature did, was on the screen, but you saved nothing. Yeah, what a tease. So when these games were then ported to the NES for the United States, uh, they all had to basically either strip out their save feature like that game did, or add a mm -hmm. battery backup. Right, yeah, the battery, the save battery enters the fight. And so when Zelda came to the U.S., it was the first NES game that had a backup battery in it. It was the first one I had, for certain. Yeah. Now, back to the development of this game. It was, of course, designed by Shigeru Miyamoto mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. Takashi Tezuka. You should know these names by now if you've listened to a handful of our podcasts. Yeah, yeah. Miyamoto is the, you know figurehead of nintendo at this point he's their mickey sure, mouse yeah, Donald, yeah. Or, i'm sorry he's their walt disney yes yeah with a little mickey mouse thrown in too why not 
Sure. No, he uh, he's a character of his own. Uh, but, you know, Takashi does not get as much credit, you know, but he's been there for the whole shebang. You know, he did uh, design on Mario Brothers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Zelda 1, Zelda 2, directed Mario 3, Super Mario World. I uh, directed Link's Awakening, Link to the Past, Mario 2, Yoshi's Island, or Mario World 2. And the list goes on and on, all the way down through Pikmin, Animal Crossing. You know, you name it. This guy's been a producer, supervisor, director. He's had his hand on so many of the biggest releases Nintendo's put out. Absolutely. You see his name on a lot of great stuff. Indeed. But the reason I want to talk about him today is because it is his mistake that gives us what we're talking about today the game we played oh yeah zelda's second quest because when they were building you know the maps for zelda one they were all designed on graph paper and you can actually go there's an awada asks where they pull out from the archives some of the old engineering that green graph paper oh, oh sure yeah and they have the original documents that they drew on and uh what they did was they decided to make all of the dungeon maps fit together like a puzzle right right And that way they took up less space in the memory because they're all nestled into each other. Each of those areas is filling out one specific chunk of the game's map and the game's memory. Right, right. And when he got done, apparently very proud of himself, he showed off his work to Miyamoto. And Miyamoto was confused and said, you've only used half the memory. Right, right. And Tezuka was like, oh, well, do you want me to redo these maps? Make them bigger? And they were like, no, these are great. They work fine. We love the layout. (laughs) But that gave them another half of the memory for map making. Right. So that's where you can make nine more dungeons to populate the second quest. Yeah. So they said, well, why don't we just do that? Let's let's use that space. We'll design more dungeons and it'll go there in the memory, which so cool. I also find. Yeah, it's amazing that that mistake led to this awesome feature of the game. But I also find it interesting that they decided to keep this in. Like, I guess memory for the. NES at this point had dropped so low that it didn't matter. Like this extra space yeah. didn't need to be cut when they brought it to the to America. Which is great, man. I'm <laughs> we're all better gamers for it. Indeed. Now, Zelda One is a hard game. Very few kids I know had beaten it within the first year it had come out. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, a much longer experience than most games, at least that I had encountered beforehand. Correct. And then even through the second year it came out, you know, this was one of those games that I barely anyone knew had beaten it. It was like a white whale for many of us in my childhood gaming community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it requires a little more patience and knowledge building, you know what I mean, uh, as you play through it than than most uh, that just rely on reflexes or pure memorization. Yeah, I mean, I think I've talked about it before, but the reason Zelda is my favorite game of all time and can never be replaced is that it had a spot in my childhood. I played this game for years before I beat mm, it. Yeah. You know, it was like, oh, I'm going to go back to it. I'm going to this this time I'm getting further. This time I'm really going to start from the beginning and save up. And, you know, so I, I, I you know, climbed this hill so many times before I finally reached <laughs> the, the crest of it. But many of our generation had not beaten it. And so the first time they had found out about the second quest was in Nintendo Power itself. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. The very first uh, episode or issue. Yeah, the very first issue of Nintendo Power has an entire strategy guide, basically, for the second quest of the game. Yeah, and it's got, you know, the the poster was one side of it was a map of the overworld. I remember with all the lots of hidden coin and heart locations on it. Yeah, and we'll but, get into that more in a bit. But I just think it's funny that for the majority of kids out there, 
This is how they learned that there was a second quest in the cartridge they already owned. Right, right, yeah. Now, second quests were not uncommon in video games at the time. Often when you beat a game, it would just start again from the beginning. Yeah, but harder. Yeah, and that's what makes this one so much different is that in those other games, they're just harder. The enemies are tougher. You take more damage. Maybe things are sped up in certain ways. But rarely is it much different in any substantial form besides, you know, a few registries changed in damage taken or given. You know, you might have seen this in Super Mario Brothers, where when you beat it and start over, you've got buzzy beetles instead of, you know, normal Koopa Troopas or, you know, spinies are everywhere now. So uh, but the levels are still the same. Exactly. Or, you know, let's go back to uh, Ghosts and Goblins, where it just straight up forces you to play the game again if you even want to get the correct ending. Uh, It's pretty cruel. It's a cruel, cruel game. It is. So it wasn't unheard of, but what really made this different was that they changed layouts. They changed where things were, not just how much damage they were or what enemies you would encounter in that specific area. And then this game would become kind of the template for many other Zelda games. A lot of them would have what we would call second quests. Mm. You know, the Adventures of Link. Oh, right. It also has a second quest. Uh, In that version, when you finish it, you keep all the spells you learned and your levels but you have to refine your heart containers and magic containers as you go through. Kind of the reverse of <laughs> where it's yeah. actually, it's, it's almost like a game plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wind Waker also has a second quest. Oh, cool. Not a, not a lot of uh, changes in that one. Just the, the treasure chart, the sunken treasures are different, things like that. Mm-hmm. Man. I... Uh, and then most interestingly, the Zelda Game & Watch also has a second quest. Oh, <laughs> Really? Yeah, they just it's kind of old school where the enemies are quicker and your and your score is carried over, but I still find that pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nick, what kind of game is the second quest of Zelda? They change it over to a shmup at this point right yeah absolutely link is flying through space now uh well much like the first quest it's an overhead action rpg i guess you could say yeah and in this game just like the first one there is no jump in fact it controls almost identically to the to the first quest yeah you might even think it's the same game so you have your standard sword attack uh you know link can attack in four cardinal directions in this game Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no spinning here none of that not yet But when you do attack, it is a bit of a slash. Yeah, yeah. So there isn't, you're not just hitting what's in front of you. You get an arc. So one of the things I love about the original Zelda is there is this kind of looseness to the combat where you can hit things that aren't just directly in front of you or beside, you know, in in ways that you can reliably count on. Right, right. But at first might not seem like it would work that way because of the sprite, the animation, you know? Yeah. And... As with all Zelda games, what's really exciting is the items you pick up as you go through the game and through the quest. Of course. Yes, yes. And that's where a big part of this game changes is that you do not get your items in the same order or from the same places as you did as you did before. <laughs> yeah, it's it's quite interesting. So do you want to do a real quick uh, recap of the items we're going to find here? I think we should. And we'll try to keep this one brief. We've talked about before. We'll probably talk about them again. Ugh, threats levied, but... One of the key, or at least personally speaking, one of the big things about Zelda that drew me to it 
and really latched me in as a child was the you just there's a bunch of items so you have a huge inventory you can collect and i i love that stuff yeah same here and i thought you were gonna say it's the boomerang because i <laughs> loved boomerangs as a kid i think we all did we we're all fascinated by boomerangs that we thought they were magic yeah i they're super cool and then when you get a real one you realize it's not what you think <laughs> so did you ever have a real boomerang i did not but i had a friend who did uh, was it a standard, you know, boomerang shaped boomerang, or was it like the the three prong one that came out later? The Y shape. No, this was a a, a wooden boomerang. Uh, it looked just like you thought. Uh, we played with it very briefly until it was lost in a woods somewhere in a tree. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So <laughs> I also I got a I got a rubberized version of the classic boomerang. Okay, and uh, I would take it to the park to try to practice with it. Right, and I I would say I spent roughly. I would say five hours of time of my life, you know, at least four or five trips. (laughs) I went out to practice boomeranging. Oh, the dream, man. And I'm pretty sure I never caught that boomerang. I mean, we never even saw them come back. Like you would see it change angle and then go off in another direction. But I, we could never, (laughs) I could get mine to come and the back towards me in a direction. Yeah. But a, I was not a child that was used to catching anything. (laughs) <laughs> yeah let alone running back at a boomerang to catch it so hey, i feel hey. like you know perhaps if i had more coordination there was a chance i could have gotten it but it is a very hard thing to do uh, not only that but you know I, I can't imagine like it would hurt like the boomerang seem I, you know what i mean <laughs> I can't. well i mean that's why uh one of the reasons the kid in mad max yeah yeah was able to catch it he had that super glove you gotta have well, a- his was razor bladed as well so which is so cool yeah, one of the many other reasons that I think we all loved boomerangs back then. Now, do you think that was part of a general Australian, like international kind of, you know, you had like the koalas thing in, in Japan at the time, and I guess maybe America, but. Oh, yeah. Everyone loved Australia for a while. In fact, I rewatched uh, half of Crocodile Dundee the other night, and I don't understand why it was popular. I haven't watched it in years, but I was obsessed with it. I was like, he's got a big knife and <laughs> he hypnotizes a water buffalo or something. Or <laughs> I I loved it. He he rips the back off that car and throws it like a boomerang. Yeah. I, I and he does the hand thing I'm doing right now in the camera. Trust me, I I I committed that movie to memory for who knows what reason. <laughs> so yeah, do you think boomerangs crept into with that? There's a general wave yep. of I don't know. I wonder. Boomerangs, There's... koalas, the game kangaroo. It's all there. <laughs> That's our Australia chat for the day. For a good day. For oh yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, back to these items. Boomerangs. You get two boomerangs in the game, short range, long range. It's my favorite thing. It's one of my favorite things about Zelda. I love mm-hmm. it so much. The way you can throw that boomerang at an angle and then it comes back to you. Like to me, there's a whole a whole nother layer of gaming to it where I throw that boomerang out, try to hit something on its way out, and then on the way back, arc it into another bat or mm-hmm. some other mm-hmm. smaller creature. It's just so satisfying. It's so fast and so responsive. It it feels like it's from a future game, or at least it did when it came out. Yeah, and you know, I gotta say, I think that the boomerang here is better than in any of the subsequent Zeldas I've played. Yeah, they've been chasing that boomerang for years, and it's just, it's never as snappy and never as quick. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I love about it. And of course, you use the boomerang to stun some enemies, kill some very weak enemies, and to pick up items. Yeah, uh, except for bombs. It can't pick up bombs, can it? Ooh, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Or, or I, I can't picture it, so I don't know. You tell us, listeners. 
Now, bombs, uh, another item you get. It's not one of the reusable items, but it's definitely useful and good for offense and wall destroying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you start off, you can hold up to eight, but that can be extended. And I did That's learn something interesting about bombs since I know since the last time we recorded is a, our previous Legend of Zelda episode, which is that the direction you're facing when the you lay the bomb is the you know, when it explodes and hurts enemies, it'll come from the same di- whatever direction you were facing when you laid it. So that's oh. okay. Sometimes dark nuts, it'll hit them. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's it's like you want to you want to lay it when they're chasing you so that they walk over it and it hits them from behind or from the side. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. I get it now. Uh, trust me. I know because I fought a lot of dark nuts. Well, yeah, it, 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 there's a certain art to it that can help. And it's just really frustrating because that bombs versus dark nuts is kind of a go-to. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I could never figure out or, I, you know, I always wondered, um, why, why does it not hurt them sometimes? But And now we know. Dun, dun, dun. Groundbreaking journalism right here. So when you pick up a bomb, you actually get four bombs out of that. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. the bombs staple of the Zelda series, you'll find them forever. They get weirder and crazier with each new game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love in the last one that they just made them. You have them infinite bombs. Like there's no no sense of trying to go find more bombs to solve puzzles. Just you always have some. Yeah, yeah. It's nice. It is. Uh, next up, we have the bow, and it is useless without an arrow. So you find the bow, you got to go buy that arrow. What jerks? Yeah, th- yeah. Having them be separate is kind of uh, is interesting, I guess. <laughs> and unlike future versions of the game, there are no arrows to use as your inventory just uses rupees, the yep. coins of the game. So yeah, pretty cool, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I I rarely use it. Same. Uh, it's I usually have something else. So <laughs> rupees are too precious for me, especially as I get older. Yeah, I'll well, explain and, why in a bit, and especially in the second quest. Oh yeah, I yeah indeed. They are uh, a few and far between. <laughs> now, eventually you will find a special arrow, the arrow of light. It is the one you need to destroy Ganon. And it's often the crux of the game going forward. You got to find that arrow of light before you can defeat whatever version of Ganon is at the end of the game you're playing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We have candles in this one. And do the candles ever come back? I I mean, you have a lantern and yeah. Well, no, there's a candle in uh, Zelda 2. 2, yeah, yeah. But, so, you know, there's a short range uh, candle. Actually, they're both short range. Uh, the difference is the red one is one use, blue one, multiple uses. You got that backwards, I think. I think I did, too. Ah. Either way, you'll figure yeah. it out. The first yeah. candle you get, you buy it. It's weak. Uh, you know, you basically use it to light rooms that are dark or to burn bushes that reveal secrets. That's right. And it can also hurt some enemies. I mean, it can hurt enemies, but it's not a great weapon necessarily. Yeah. Uh, then we have the whistle. It's a mysterious magical whistle. Uh, it has many uses and even more uses in the second quest that confused me for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, and, you know, here's an update, too, uh, from our first episode, is that uh, something that I, I learned since then is about the, you know, you can use it to warp to the entrance to various dungeons throughout the map. Uh, and they, they, I remember, you know, we were talking before about like, well, what order, you know, it just seems random, but it's not. It depends on what direction you're facing. If you're facing up or right, you will visit them in ascending order. And if you're facing left or down, it goes in descending to the uh, dungeon entrances that you have already completed. And that's the key. It will only take you back to those that you have already completed, but it also reveals secrets 
and mm-hmm. even more secrets than you thought possible in the second quest. Yeah, the the whistle steps up here. Yeah, uh, there were places that I, I was, we'll get to this later, but I was using a map to help me throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And it showed me many things where I was like, what is it? How do I get this? I had no clue. It's it like wasn't you... until far later in the game. Where I was like, oh, I should whistle there. Yeah, it's yeah. And there aren't a lot of clues necessarily. And by a lot, we mean none. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we also have the meat. The good Not old a fun meat. item to use. Yeah, you have to use it once or twice in the second quest. Mm-hmm. And you have to buy that meat. Yeah, and that's what eighty rupees or something. It's it, it's it ain't expensive. exactly yeah. Ain't and in a shop somewhere, we have a couple of uh, movement based items. We've got your ladder and raft. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You find those in dungeons. Uh, I feel like they're in the same category. The ladder lets you move over one gap. Yeah, like one one tile of water, lava. I, I guess yeah. <laughs> Depending darkness, on what, whatever uh, you want to read the weird liquids <laughs> in the dungeons as blood. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it can also just give you a place to step off of a ledge to get out of the rotation of enemies. Mm-hmm. It's actually yeah. most useful of features in this uh, quest, I think. Definitely, yeah. Get a little safe spot. And then we have the raft, which is useful in two places. Yep. Doesn't, uh, nothing too crazy going on here. There are these uh, docks that always looked like doors to me as a child. Yeah, yeah. And once you step on them with the raft, it takes you to the other dock on the opposite side. It is how you get to one of the dungeons and how you get to one of the secret areas that gives you money or hearts in this one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you get the one secret. And, you know, you only use it twice, but we should say that in Zelda 2, you only use it once. So <laughs> oh, there are two there's, places you can use it. There's one spot. Well, yeah, here. Yeah. But in, in, you know, in actual Adventure of Link, it's like you just use it to cross to the other. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Zelda 2. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's even, even less useful. So boo to you, Raft. Uh, next up, we have the wands. Well, it's actually just a wand. Yeah, the wand. Uh, you use it to shoot out a wave of magic energy. It's, but there is an upgrade for it. Yeah. If you get the magic book, it then when the... When you shoot a beam out, when it hits a wall or a creature, it will turn into fire as similar to the candle. Or sometimes go through that creature if they're very weak and then hit the wall and turn into fire. Mm, yeah, uh, it's, Like uh, with a bat. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite items in the game. It's great. And when you don't have your sword beam powered up, then it's, it's a great substitute to have. Definitely. And then we'll real quick go through the consumables here. Yeah. Uh, we have your standard. We talked about these, the rupees. They come in the gold and blue variants, one or five coins. Mm-hmm. Which you can hold up to 255. So mm-hmm. you're kind of limited in your your purse strings there. And especially in the second quest, don't go over that. No, Money no. is a valuable resource, so spend it when you can. Oh, yes, please do. Don't, yeah, I screwed up. I'll tell you and that much. S- and spend <laughs> I did, because I, I was like, you know what, this is hard. I am going to grind for a while to get some money. I will make sure I always have some of the water of life with me. Oh, sure. Purchasable. Do you have to complete a little bit of a quest to do that? Do you have to give the, the lady to the water, the the old lady, the map or whatever it is, the scroll? You, you, the letter, yeah. The baby? Yeah. Yes, you have to get the, the baby letter, the letter, and then you can start buying it. So Yeah, and there's a blue and red uh, version of it, and they give you back uh, either... What's the difference in amounts? Well, the they each fill up your life, but when you have a red potion and you use it, it turns into a blue one. So it's a two use or a one use to fully refill. Gotcha. Very much needed in the second quest. 
Yeah, and let me tell you, that letter is not, it is much farther away than this, the first quest. <laughs> I, I got it early on because I was just dorking around a whole bunch. Okay, I didn't, I kept, well, well, we'll talk about it, I guess, in our yeah. g- general chat. But <laughs> And then the other thing I spent a lot of money on, keys. Oh yeah, okay. I can see it. There, you, you can buy keys in this uh, in the game outside of dungeons, and this game has a lot of locked doors and some really weird ways to get keys. And I think there might even be a dungeon that does not have enough keys in it. In fact, listening to our previous episode on Zelda, we make fun of buying keys in the first quest, but here it's not such a bad idea because they are not giving you a plethora of extra keys in any of these dungeons. No, and I was like, well, I'm getting close to having two fifty. I'm like, I'm gonna go buy a key. And after I did that, I was like, I'm buying keys every time I can. Because, man, is it so useful just to be like, eh, I'm not going down that corridor. I got a key. I'll just barrel through right here. Do it. I don't have to fight this, these enemies to get that key. Screw it. And in the later levels of this of this second quest, it is so worth it having some extra keys on you. <laughs> Heck yeah, for sure. Now, eventually you do get a super key. Does it have a name? I think it's just the magic key. Okay. And it's cool because it has a lion's head for the the handle what is that part of a key called oh i don't know i guess it's the handle i'm sure it has like a real name like a ferrule on like a pencil <laughs> or whatever you know yeah yeah for all you key enthusiasts let us know yeah key heads hit us up uh, i actually had three extra keys when i got that key maybe a little salty oh yeah uh and then finally we have the uh, uh it's not finally because i got five more things to talk about but we also have <laughs> um hearts you know you f- enemies drop hearts they heal you yeah yeah uh sometimes they will drop a fairy and it will also heal you for yeah. for how much how much I is it th- i think it's six six and i will say this it's amazing how much they get out of that fairy sprite like you, know, you can you can tell her legs are crossed like there's a lot of character going on in this fairy absolutely it's a it's a good little sprite i love it um they try to in the in the in manual they always try to make the fairy look like a little western fairy like a little fairy tale fairy Mm-hmm. But one of the things I love about the fairy as it's draw, uh, represented in sprite form is it has like antenna or something oh, sure. on there. I always think of as like more of like a creaturey fairy, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, then we have other items that you get that help with uh, movement, things like that. You know, you've got your uh, magical clock. You're only going to find that in dungeons. Yeah, which is nice. It'll freeze enemies. Mm-hmm in place for until you leave the room so no you know there's no time limit on that clock <laughs> and while we're talking about the clocks uh in dungeon items uh there's also the map and the compass each dungeon has one of each mm-hmm. the map you'll never believe it it shows you the layout of the dungeon dun, dun, dun. and oddly enough the compass does not show you the directions you're going it is a magical compass that shows you where all of the uh treasure and bosses well really it, does, it, just... it doesn't show you the treasures in this one does it Nah, man, it just shows you the, the Triforce boss. location, yeah. Oh, which is usually which is usually behind the boss. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to that one later as well. <laughs> uh, and then uh, just to wrap it up here, we do have a couple more items that help you in your travels. There is the power bracelet. Yeah, yeah. Let's you push uh, rocks, and it's really just a gatekeeper for these four warp kind of these shortcut staircases that you can take around the, the overworld. I never use them anymore. I nah, man. Uh, me either. I'd rather I'd rather get the money from walking. And killing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then finally, we have the rings, the blue ring and the red ring. Both very important. They increase your defensive powers. Yeah, they they reduce the amount of damage you take by half. 
So the, the the red one, the blue one is half, red one a quarter of the original damage you would take. Yeah, yeah. You don't get it till the very end now, so. No, no. Same same as the first quest. It's kind of disappointing. I wish I could enjoy it and But you can get that blue ring almost right away. Yeah, yeah, and the sooner the better as always. That's uh It is sold important. in shops, so g- grab it up. And then the only other thing to talk about is the swords, just like the other one. The first quest, you know, there's three three levels of sword. Yeah, the sword trifecta. You starting You get your Original sword at the same place? Yeah, first screen, which is nice. Wooden sword. Grab it up. Second sword. Is it the same requirements as the first quest? I believe so, yeah. It's just a number of uh, heart containers. Five, yeah, six? Yeah, I think it's six. So after a little double checking, we have decided it is five, which is, you know, makes sense because you can get that usually before you even go in the first dungeon in the first quest. Second quest, mm-hmm. you may have to wait till after the first dungeon. Yeah, yeah. It's a little stingier with the freebies out there. And then the magic sword, follow up to that. Much more substantial 12 heart containers to to yeah, grab this guy. You're going to be waiting a little while on that one. Yeah. And then there are a few tweaks to the gameplay that we should probably mention. Uh, there's new enemies that we'll talk about, I'm sure, later on. Yeah, yeah. Or really enemies that act differently. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Ugh, worse. Yeah, I was confused by one set of them a lot. <laughs> I had to look it up and I felt dumb. But the biggest difference is that in dungeons, there are now secret passageways, which sounds cooler than it is. It's just basically there are walls that if you walk into for a little longer than you'd think, like a second. Yeah. You will pass through them to the other side. Yeah, which I I, I knew this from my youth, but I totally forgot it this time. And you know, you, they start showing up in the second dungeon. So <laughs> I remember being totally perplexed where I was like, what am I doing wrong? Yeah, got me as well. Mm-mm-mm. Well, and, you know, we should say some of the, like the dungeon locations are all different too on the overworld map in, in some strange ways too. Not only, you know, different. Well, I mean, like I think you were trying to say is that some of them are still in locations where there were levels before or dungeons before. Yeah, yeah. And now some are just in some random spots. Yeah. yeah. Before, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, will you play this game with me or a little shop or something? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a tricky man. Uh, they definitely know what you know from the first quest and use it against you in some places. It's great. Well, Nick, we know that there was, uh, no manual for the second quest, but Nintendo kind of took care of that on their own. As we mentioned earlier, by adding a huge portion to the Nintendo Power flagship issue dedicated to the game. I thought maybe we could talk about that for just a moment. Uh, that sounds great. I I think I still have some remnants of this uh, <laughs> somewhere. So, and we'll get to this a little f- deeper in our uh, personal histories with the game, but I never had Nintendo Power issue one. Oh, really? I saw it existed. By the time I wanted a copy... There was none to be found. So I got on board with issue two. Oh, wow. Okay. And I, everyone I know that had an issue one within a year, that thing had was shredded. Yeah. Well, I was given it by a friend who I don't know where they got. They had two. But that probably was my copy, that jerk. So, so you know, I had this and then my subscription didn't start until the third issue. I never had the second, the Simon's Quest. Mm-hmm. So I bought the second issue in the store and I had got the subscription. So the third issue came in the mail. Oh, gotcha. Cool. Yeah. uh, I remember buying it at the local Toys R Us. Oh, wow. In that beautiful game aisle with all the little flip uh, (laughs) video game boxes where you can look at the front and back. If you decide you really wanted to buy it, you take the slip. 
up to the cage at the front. Yeah, yeah. Man. The walk to the cage was, what a walk. Nothing felt so good. Yeah, that slip in your hand, you're like, I will be leaving this store with a Nintendo game. Yeah, it's just like, don't screw it up somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But, you know, I wish I had this because I wish I had this issue weeks ago when I started playing this game. It is super comprehensive and great. Yeah, it goes through all of the dungeons. It's got awesome artwork. I mean, it has even like all the little art for, I mean, a lot of it's pulled straight from the manual. Yeah, yeah. But it's great to see all these drawings of Link, the items you get, levels. Is it all every single level? Uh, except for nine. I think you just get, or no, no, seven, eight, and nine. Okay. So up have through a six. Blank map. I mean, up through six, they show you everything you need to know in every every single. Yeah, every, every room, the enemies, the location of all of the items, the boss, strategies for the bosses. And then most importantly, uh, as you mentioned earlier, is that fold out. Yeah, Often, oftentimes map on one side, poster on the other. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, just perfect because it tells you where the items are you need, but more importantly, where these dungeons are. And some of them are in such crazy locations that you would really be searching for a very long time if you did not have this map. Oh, absolutely. And well, and, uh, you know, this this map is very useful because it is not only, you know, has everything for the second quest, but also the first quest, which was a big uh, help. For, Double map duty. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh was used. I mean, oh, this thing was folded and unfolded so much in my in my youth that yeah, it, it didn't make it, you know, the nor did the original map for that the you know Zelda came with. So mm-hmm. they they both took it on the chin for a young Nick, that's for certain. Yeah, this is just an invaluable resource. And I mean, I think that this goes a long way to helping you beat this game. Even though it's a lot harder, this is like everything you need to, to get there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. extremely so and at the very end there's a half page ad <laughs> the first few s- screens of zelda 2 that i i had ever seen yeah they tease you that it's coming uh one other thing i wanted to point out that i thought was really amazing was that they went so far on this guide to give you the full buyer's guide like where every items uh the different prices are for the different shops yeah it's wild i i love that i i could have i could have used that for sure because there are some wildly different prices for certain items oh absolutely uh it's and which you know are definitely different between the two uh sorry the two quests yeah things are as you can imagine more expensive in the second quest yeah this and you know we mentioned not using the shortcuts earlier but um which is where you know you uncover a little stairway somewhere and then you go into a room with three stairways and you can take that will each one will take you to one of the other three shortcut locations but i could never memorize them i would always just go in like the one on the left until i got where i was going (laughs) this this map has a little breakdown of it that i do recall using as a kid and it being very handy because like i said i could never remember it I'm with you on that one. Yeah, just to point out how different the prices can be, uh, the Magic Shield can be anywhere between 90 and 160 rupees. Yeah, it's a pricey item. And, you know, we mentioned before that rupees are much more precious in this one. You know, in the first quest, there are three locations that will give you 100 rupees apiece, but here, only one. And there are much, many more locations that will take away your rupees in this quest. Oh, yes. I I, I lost a few. Uh, not as much as I, I kind of expected because I was being pretty reckless exploring. But it is nice when you find the, where they want to take like 20 of your rupees, but I only have two. And I'm just like, ha screw you, jerks. Mm. Although conversely, I also um, 
I had like 190 rupees when I found the 100 spot. <laughs> uh, so do you still, do you try to r- see how far you can get away from the room while your rupee counter is going down after you buy something big? <laughs> yeah. See, you check your speed, man. Yeah. Just check it. Check it. Check it. So Nick, what was your personal history with Zelda's second quest? I don't really have a big history with it. I, I did play it a little bit. I, um, one of the first times I played this game after getting it, I put Zelda in as my name without realizing that I was playing the second quest. So I kind of unwittingly was playing it. And it wasn't until, you know, I, I just kind of gave up and di- didn't go back because I was watching my parents play as well and being like, why is this different? <laughs> right. And you know, to be noted, that's how if you don't beat the game, you can access the second quest by putting in the name Zelda instead of your own. Yeah, so that's nice, nice little shortcut there. But really, most of my history was after, you know, I had somewhat moved on from Zelda and I wasn't really into the second quest. My, uh, you know, my mom, who sadly passed away a few months ago, um, she played through the entire second quest and beat it. She was the first person I ever met or knew. And, uh, you know, I just thought she was probably the first person you ever met also. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's you're not (laughs) wrong there. (laughs) Did she have access to the Nintendo Power? Yes, she did. Um, in fact, I have a picture if that I think I've shown you on uh, that, I, that I have shown you, but it's you can see me uh, as a young eight or nine year old with a new TMNT pizza thrower in our old living room, and uh, in the corner, off to the side, you can see my mom sitting on the floor with this Nintendo Power open, playing. You know, she's you can just see half the screen, but it's definitely Zelda and she's in a dungeon. So I think we're going to have to share that picture with the audience, Nick. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it'll we don't do a lot of social media, but that one will make it out. Yeah, let's yeah, we'll tweet it out. But you can see. So that's, you know, evidence that that is. (laughs) I just find that so endlessly amazing. Uh, My parents were just like uh, it was like a chore to have them even like try to touch the Nintendo. Let alone, you know, <laughs> yeah. play play a, a game that wasn't Jeopardy. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it's so awesome to think of that not only did your mom enjoy Zelda so much that she's like, oh, there's I'm going to go through the second quest. But that she's like, oh, this magazine that my son has, I can use it to help me get there. Like phenomenal. Well, and she was very uh, studious about it, too. I remember she always had to get the compass, the map, you know, every dungeon was cleared fully and you, i always was like you're crazy mom just beat it you know or but i i do recall watching her in some of these later dungeons you know with all the bubbles and all this and i was just like geez no way not no sir <laughs> and then she beat that game and th- at the point i knew her i never i would never i never knew her as a gamer you know what i'm saying yeah yeah it was... i know you said that it, she, certain games would hook her like zelda and uh tetris if i recall yeah yeah um but so after this were there any other nintendo games that she like gravitated to or or anything else that got her claws in her not really it was you know i guess dr mario kind of it was mostly puzzle games and stuff but this uh, you know zelda one uh you know really and and i think for a lot of parents too i've heard this sort of you know i've heard it called the dad's game but uh in other podcasts and such but there's enough meat on this bone and it's it was unique enough especially in the the 80s you know it was offering a, a way more nuanced experience, I think, that can really uh, draw in even the most distinguished adult gamers. <laughs> yeah, uh, real quick, my personal history, I, I played it once or twice with the Zelda code. I was like, oh, this is hard. I don't know where anything is. Never <laughs> really touched it, oddly enough. Yeah, yeah. I... Um, but, you know, just to get back to the other topic real quick, your mom was always an awesome, generous lady. 
uh, I loved her. She opened her house up to me many times. Uh, I wish I would have known more about the uh, Zelda connection to uh, give her the props on that one, because <laughs> Lord, if I would have known she was uh, able to beat this, I, I definitely would have had uh, some more gaming respect for her, for sure. Even in the first quest, there's a heavy action component. Yeah. But uh, it's it's even more ruthless in the second quest. So it's, you know, especially it, this isn't an RPG where you can just grind yourself up to wherever you need to be. You yeah. can only get so strong. So it's uh, it's pretty cool. It is quite amazing. So, Nick, what was your more recent experience with Zelda's second quest? Uh, well, I, I beat this game. I, you know, I really wanted to go through, since I have very little knowledge of the specifics of the second quest, I, I was going to try to play it straight for as long as I could. And so I, I did get about, I'm not sure, it was level five or six where I, I, I had not found the medicine. That was what broke me. I couldn't find the letter. I kept being like, where the heck is it? So that's when I used a little cheating to find the location of that. But for the most part, until the very end, I used some dungeon maps. But Oh, okay. Well, that's the difference between you and I. I also was like, I will try to do this as pure as possible. Yeah. And then after the first dungeon, I was like, okay, I'm going to at least look at this map to find where the other dungeons are. Oh, sure. Yeah. Now, there there were a couple locations, you know, like kind of mentioned with whistles uh, earlier. But well, I started using that map and then I was like, well, this is even more confusing because I want to get that heart container that's in the desert. There's nothing there. Spoiler alert. Yeah. You, you got to use the whistle to make it appear. No, you know, there were a couple things that I, I was really astounded at because as we kind of mentioned with that Nintendo Power, you could use it for some locations in the that are similar in the first quest. And so I, I did remember some where I was like, such as the one in the desert that you, you blow the whistle there. And, it, you know, so I, I, I remembered it oddly enough where I was like, I think you blow the whistle out here somewhere in the desert. Like there were a couple locations where I had these like vague semi memories that like did kind of guide me because I do recall going around and trying these locations in the first quest just to be like, hey, I wonder if anything's there, you know, or blah, blah, blah. But but that, you know, the the letter is so far off the beaten path that I, and I thought for sure, I was like, there's no way they would put something so important <laughs> so far away. Those and dirty dogs, it. those dirty dogs, they done me. They did so it. I did use a map and then I also did cheat a little bit towards the end. In the, the last couple of dungeons, I did do some rewind feature. Mm. Oh, I got you. Times. Yeah, because I wanted to beat this game, and it gets brutal. And uh, you know, one of the things I think we've mentioned in the previous Zelda was that there's just certain points where it's like you can get bat around and lose so much life in such a short period of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If the enemy placement is just right, it's just insane. Oh, definitely. Or specifically, possibly the most aggravating thing in this entire game are the, the you know, they changed the bubbles, the sword ceiling bubbles. The mm, Yeah, I want to talk about that a lot more in general chat. So oh, I will save it then. But did you we'll, so you, we both beat the game? Yeah. All right, let's get right into it. This is it, the level by level portion of our show. And, well, this is going to be dungeon by dungeon. We're not going to go room to room, but we're going to give you a brief overview and talk about the things we loved and hated about each dungeon. Mm -hmm. But let's begin by talking about our preparation. Uh, you know, I think it's been talked about by you and I that when we play the original Zelda again, we like 
it's like the end of the world. We're such good preppers. Well, I, man, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, the, in the past few years, I've kind of gone the other way where I, I try to, where it's, it's almost like a speed run where, I mean, I am trying to speed run kind of, but not in like a yeah. way that would ever, you know, when <laughs> set any records or anything. But so, so I kind of do the opposite where I, I try to put stuff off, but the second quest I, I I did not do so, although I didn't know where a lot of things were, so my prepping was not nearly as efficient. Well, it's a lot harder to prep in the second one, uh, second quest, that's for sure. There's only a few things you can really get beforehand, you know, and most of that is there's a couple places with, you know, some money. Yeah, yeah. And so that therefore you can save up to get your blue ring. OK, I, I did not do that. Um, I, I did. I Oh, wow. OK. Yeah, it's 250 rupees. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's doable. It's just, you know, it'll take you a minute, Mm -hmm. but it's worth Uh, it. I'm sure. (laughs) Totally worth it. And like you said, there's no places that have the big 100 rupees. There's more, lots of 30 rupees around. Yeah. There's one 100 rupees. It's south of the ferry that's in the the ferry pond in the brown forest. Mm -hmm. Uh, You can get the power bracelet early. Oh, yeah. It's just on the map, so you can go get it. Yeah, it's uh, in the same spot as it was before, right? Mm -hmm. You can get that letter, but good luck, because it is in a dangerous part of the map. Yes, it's in like the very northwest corner. It's it's right by the entrance to level nine. So that lets Mm -hmm. you know you're... And you will need the power bracelet to get it. Oh, really? To push that? Yeah, you got to push the boulder that it's under. Ah, yeah. Okay. Um, Yeah. And I think there's only one one heart you can get out there. You can bomb a place for one. uh, Yeah, one of those choose heart or potion you pick yeah and that's it i mean so you can go ahead and save up enough money to buy some bombs you could get an arrow if you wanted but you're not going to be able to you don't get that that bow for a bit no yeah i mean i I definitely saved up i got a blue candle i got my candle you got to get that candle i got a magic shield as early as possible as well and the magic shield is also a big big one i foolishly did not get the magic shield and i regretted it instantly (laughs) in that first dungeon yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I I thought I was going overboard, but I was just having a good time kind of wandering around and exploring once I had some bombs and, and the candle. But uh, it, it, I was looking for hearts and stuff, and I wasn't finding any. And, you know, the location of the shop with the, the blue ring is different as well. So I didn't even know where it was. So I was just kind of like, like the top top right of the map. I only found it because it's where... Mo- secret money is in the other one yeah yeah it's in that they uh, that room but so i was like oh maybe there's money up here let's see what it is i was like oh it's the okay well now i know where to buy this so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gonna grind for an hour to get the money for that sucker oof so uh side note where do you where do you think you can make the most money where do where do you go uh well i i stayed true to my uh first quest route where you know if you from the very starting screen if you just head straight right you'll go yeah that's where i go yeah, it's the Tektites. There's two of those. They're pretty good. Tektites almost always give you coins, right? That's like their deal. Yeah, that's okay. Well, this is something I um we haven't really I I I we didn't mention in our our previous episode, but you know, there's three tracks kind of for enemy item drops. There's a coin heavy one, a bomb heavy one, and a heart heavy one. And so the the at least the blue Tektites I know and the levers are all coin. Yeah, so I would just go through, kill them, and then just kind of loop back <laughs> and and repeat because you have to go. I think if you clear clear a screen of enemies, I think it's four or five screens you have to clear or walk yeah, through until they I will, will go respawn. all the way to the east coast. Okay, yeah, up and then loop back over 
through the forest and, and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. I, I usually, that's, that's my, that's my best path. Yeah. I take the, I usually go back through the woods, uh, about halfway through your, you know what I mean? I don't, I, I stop when the coast runs out of the levers and then circle back, but, gotcha. but they're both, I mean, great places to, you know, it's all about them levers. Mm-hmm. My least favorite enemy, my favorite soap. <laughs> Just kidding. I have nothing against the levers, and I have used Irish Spring soap since I was like a thirteen-year-old boy. Oh wow! Okay, well, I haven't thought about Irish Spring in a while. <laughs> it's it's the scent of me. And they carve the when the guy. Remember the old commercials? I do every morning. I get up. I take a bar of Irish soap. I carve a strip off of it. <laughs> get a good whiff of that soap, and then a a waterfall just erupts behind me. Yeah, it's a what a majestic scene. Truly, truly. I love that he carved off a piece of that soap, like like he's like really like I don't know, like it's like an old world piece of cheese or something. Like I gotta, I know, I know, mm. like he's gonna eat it. That's what I always what's, thought. Like, what's the like, vintage of this? Uh, <laughs> it looks so good, man. <laughs> Sadly, now I use the body wash version. So yeah, I haven't it's used been. a bar. I haven't used a bar of soap in many years. It's it's weird to think about. We can tell, Nick. It's been a problem. <laughs> uh. <laughs> like I'm smelling it through Zencaster for crying out loud. So. Zelda uh, Second Quest Dungeon 1, they take some mercy on you. Even if you can't find any of your favorite rupee spots, you know. Oh, side note, the fairy fountain's the same place. Don't worry. That's right. And, you know, in an interesting development, uh, there's a, a new fairy fountain. That's where... Thank God. Uh, lo- the level 5 dungeon used to be. So it's... Yeah, it's very handy, too. Because that dungeon, I needed that a few times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And... Like I said, they they leave the very first dungeon where it was. So you can just go there, jump right in, you have something to do at least off the off the bat. Yeah, in fact, it's exactly the same until you get in there. Like I when I mistakenly was playing this as a youth, this is where it started to sink in where I was like, "Wait, what?" Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's the the shape of this is just a, it's a letter E. Uh, yeah, the best <laughs> letter for a name to start with. <laughs> It's uh yeah, so not too big, uh, but you know, you're in for a surprise, man, when you come in because you know, you can only head north or west, and either way is a room full of orange gorillas, you know. Uh but luckily, right to the to the right, you get that boomerang right away. Mm-hmm, PS mm-hmm. PS right. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh and then there is a bombing spot, a secret room off of both of those rooms. Yeah, to takes you to a a secret passage, so to speak, where you can come up, you know, which is something we wouldn't see as much in the first Zelda, you know, or in the first dungeon of the first quest, you know, like you have to take this passage. You have to find this to get to the Triforce. Yeah, because if you just go north, you'll find the map, you'll find the compass, you'll find what you think is some bosses. You, there's a Dodongo. Yeah, a Dodongo, two Maldorms. I mean, there's a room full of blue gorillas. There's this when you first walk into a room with the Stalfos, you're like, oh, okay, easy. And then they start shooting swords at you. Yeah. So you could just follow this entire path, fight some bosses, and then be very confused as to why you do not have a heart container or Triforce when you could have actually gone to the boss route right away from like the second room you went into it's true there's nothing really else in here that you need so to speak the you can grab that boomerang and get out now on your way to the boss there is a room with uh some of those bubbles but these are all blue bubbles right yeah so that may lure you into a false sense of security <laughs> yeah it's what confused me in there and then uh the hands wall masters you know wall masters as a child i was truly frightened by them like they they really like not like 
you know, oh, I sat up and I thinking about them. But when I saw them come out of the wall, they elicited like a terror response, like get away from that wall, like <laughs> get Link out of there now. Yeah. Well, it's it's it does suck to get taken back to the beginning of the dungeon, but I think the idea of being pulled through a wall, like it's just kind of horrific. <laughs> like it is. But as an adult, they're so like they are not hard to deal with. They're so slow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like they only get you if you're being overwhelmed. Yeah. And unless you're like you get stunned next to the wall by some other enemies or something, then it's like, uh oh, but as long as you keep your head about you, they're they're easy peasy. You can get some decent uh, loot from them as well. Yeah. Uh, and they're a great like loot farming spot because, you know, they're just going to keep coming. Mm-hmm. You make your way through there. More boomerang guys. And then uh, another thing that this game really throws at you in the second quest is so many of these statues that shoot fireballs at you yeah these guys are in a lot of rooms and it gets old fast that's you know the magic sword is even more valuable because of it yeah i mean there are very few rooms with enemies later part of this game where you can just walk into a room and take your time you're always moving because you always have to be avoiding these stupid fireballs which is why i really really wish i would have had the magic shield or the, the super shield at this point yeah it's nice Bust your way through that wall, though. You need to, you need to, it's a dead end. You got to bust your way through the top of it. And then you're at your first boss. Yeah. Aquamentus, the dragon. The dragon. And as much as I love Aquamentus, it is a goofy looking dragon. Totally outshined by other dragons in the game. Yeah. Gleok is, is much cooler, but it was nice to see him because he's not really much different than the first quest. So you, it's a dragon who stays on the right side of the room and shoots a spread of three fireballs to the left. Yeah. Kill him, and he will drop a heart container, which my daughter was watching me play and was very confused when I got it. And she's like, it didn't refill all your health? Yeah, no, no. Like, no. nope, it just gives me one more. But no luckily, in the very, luckily, in the very next room is a Triforce, and that refills your health. Yeah, which is always nice. Yeah. Now, one thing that, that also happens when you touch the Triforce, which is nice in the first quest, but sometimes they use against you in the second quest, is that it instantly teleports you out of the dungeon. That's right. Here, not a problem. In later dungeons, kind of a pain in the butt. Oh, yeah. But that's it for the first dungeon. Not too bad. Maybe a false sense of security as you make your way on to the harder portions of the second quest. Well, it definitely... I, I just tried to go straight here when I first started playing this game, and I, I got my butt kicked. So, you know, that's when I decided to go out and get some items. So, uh, And it's definitely worth it. So... Because this is no joke, man. This is a second quest, people. Things just got real. Oh, yeah. Well, that wraps up part one of our two-parter here on Zelda's second quest. So join us again next week as we go through the rest of the levels of this uh, game. The dungeons have been rearranged and have all new enemies, boss arrangements, item locations. It's all crazy. It's a The world is topsy-turvy. We'll talk to you about our general thoughts on the game. And who knows? Maybe even review the second quest. I'm sure we'll hate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. <laughs> but if you haven't played this, totally check it out. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to say there is a 98% chance that you own a copy of this game in some form or another. Yeah, if you already got it, you know, you can squeeze uh, some extra value out of it. It's it's good stuff. Maybe you It's been released on every single system Nintendo's ever put out, I think. Yeah, just wait. Maybe for not you. Super Nintendo. Uh, it there's a Game & Watch version that you can carry around with you, still available in stores, I'm guessing. It's for free on the online service with yeah. your Nintendo Switch. It's it's be a crime not to do so. So don't be intimidated. Jump in. 
look up that copy of Nintendo Power Issue 1. It will be a huge help, trust me. That's right. And play along, friends. Yeah, and if you... uh... Do you have any crazy Second Quest stories? Or did your parents ever play in any uh, games? Perhaps Zelda? Let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. Or if you have a picture of you with the pizza thrower from the Ninja Turtles, <laughs> share that with us as well. Yeah, pizza- let us know if you Let us know if you ever got in trouble for shooting your little brother or sister with it. Because yeah. everyone that I know who had it did. It's It was so powerful. <laughs> and so satisfying. Yeah. But you can also you can share those pictures with us on Twitter at Cart Command or on uh, Facebook at Cartridge Command. So get in touch with us there. Uh, we love hearing from you. Uh, well, you know we we've, we've had some requests recent requests requests. We've had some requests recently uh, through those channels, and we definitely we're going to add them to our list of games to cover. But of course, we must go out of our way to thank those awesome and wonderful folks to give to us at Patreon.com/slash Cartridge Command. Uh, it's your financial support that makes this show happen. I mean, we're just two guys that are working, working, working for the man, <laughs> renovating a house. You've taken what they're given because we're working for a living. You know, we are not professionals, as you probably could figure out from the way we talk <laughs> about things. But yeah. we try to produce a show that's as professional as we can for you and your support makes it happen. So if you don't give, consider giving a dollar, three dollars. You know, any amount is awesome. We love knowing that people care about the show and are willing to throw a bone to us. One, ten, a million, whatever you can give to us. We've just finally hit six years. It's crazy and amazing. Yeah. So hopefully we can do six more for you all. And uh, with your support, it'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. As always, Cartridge Commandos. Oh, thank you, by the way. Thanks for those that do. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Always thank you. And as always, Cartridge Commandos. Game on. Game on. Ooh, okay.